This is a special message concerning a Christian perspective of the United States' imminent engagement into the nation of Syria's civil war. If there was ever a time for the church of the Lord Jesus to be engaged in prayer, it is now. Prayer is one of the most neglected means of grace. Somehow we have a tendency to think it is not that important when the scripture is replete with examples of the value of intercessory prayer. With an almost certain outcome from a human perspective, the Congress of the United States will likely buckle under the pressure to support yet another United States intervention into the internal affairs of a foreign nature where there is no proven threat to the United States. I'm expressing a personal perspective and I am not speaking for anyone else. The scripture has never commanded a nation to interfere with the internal affairs of foreign nations. We cannot use the wars of Jehovah in the conquest of the land of Canaan as an example, for that was unique in biblical history. Why should the United States support either a Syrian dictator or an Al-Qaeda side in this matter. There is no biblical reason. It is incumbent upon me to point out that the prophet Jehu, the son of Hanani, rebuked godly King Jehoshaphat of Judah for his ungodly alliance with the wicked king of Israel, Ahab, in the military venture against Ramoth Gilead. In this military venture, God will kill Ahab in that famous random arrow shot from a fleeing enemy. When Jehoshaphat returned to Jerusalem in safety, the prophet rebuked the king, saying, recorded in Second Chronicles 19, verses 1 and 2, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord, and so bring wrath on yourself from the Lord? Alliances with the wicked are forbidden in Scripture. But let's make some sobering observations. First, the United States can hardly be seen now as a godly nation. In fact, we are fast becoming, if not already, a pagan nation where we are sanctioning lifestyles, homosexuality, as permissible. The government is increasingly siding with the wicked, over against the righteous. More and more evil is being called good and good evil. Isaiah the prophet saw this as the undoing of the covenant nation when he said and prophesied recorded in Isaiah 8 verses 20 and 21 the following, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet, and sweet for better. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and clever in their own sight. Our civil rulers, generally speaking, in America, are not godly. They are not seeking to allow Scripture to guide themselves in wise decisions. These inept rulers were put in office by a populace that does not understand the scripture, nor does it seek to have God's word guide them. 
Hence, we have received rulers indicative of our own sinful proclivities. The United States was and never will be equivalent to the covenant nation of Israel. However, our early history did demonstrate an affinity to God's law in several respects. But a desire to adopt and live by God's law has been virtually eroded away in this country. We are a nation in rebellion to God, and God's judgment is already upon us. It's not that judgment is coming, but judgment is already here. Now, there will be a further escalation of God's judgment if we don't repent. But the signs of judgment are already here. How so? First, the fact that we are seeing the homosexual community gaining ground in amazing ways in our time is a sign that God has given the nation over to our wickedness. One only has to read this in Romans chapter 1, verses 27 through 32. Second, the worst kind of famine has been brought by the Lord against the United States. The prophet Amos, as recorded in Amos 8, verses 11 and 12, shows this judgment, which says, quote, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for the hearing of the words of the Lord. And people will stagger from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. They will go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. The visible church in America is in great disarray. Sound preaching and a desire of such preaching is becoming more and more rare. The people want teachers after their own desires. For we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, which says, For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Attendance at churches that emphasize preaching according to sound doctrine is becoming sparse. God is removing from the American culture the preachers of his word. That is an ominous sign of God's judgment already upon us. We have in the United States a growing sentiment of looking to ourselves and others as the means of our deliverance from our troubles, which is a false sense of security. God rebuked Israel for such dependency upon, quote, human saviors. We read in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 1 through 3, it says, quote, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. End of quote. God continues in his rebuke of Israel's dependence upon men for their salvation 
When God in Isaiah 31, 1 through 3 says, quote, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster against the house of evildoers and against the help of the workers of iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand, and he who helps will stumble, and he who is helped will fall, and all of them will come to an end together. End of God's word. America's military strength will not save her in her hour of need. Americans need to take a very serious lesson from biblical history. If, if God severely judged his covenant nation, Israel, for her turning back on God's law, who are we to think we will be spared from God's increasing judgment upon us? Patriotism will not save America. Singing with enthusiasm, God bless America, and waving American flags will not save us. This is very much akin to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 7, verse 4, which reads, Do not trust in deceptive words, saying, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Israel vainly thought that their outward ritualistic allegiance to the Lord and that the fact that they possessed the temple of the Lord would save them. Well, they were wrong. Devastating judgment came in 586 B.C. against Israel and her temple, and it came in devastating ultimate disaster in 70 A.D. against the temple and the nation was wiped off the face of the earth. Only genuine faith in the Lord Jesus that leads to an obedience to the law of God from the heart can spare a culture. The prophets gave ominous warnings to Israel and Judah for the purpose of bringing them to repentance. And if they refused to repent, then further judgment was inevitable. We should pay close attention to what the prophet Hosea said, as recorded in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, which reads, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. End of quote. What a tragedy. For God to forget her children because they forgot his law. This is the cultural judgment of a nation that forgets God's law. We should understand that God's law is the only light for a nation. We read in Isaiah 8 verse 20, which says, quote, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, 
It is because they have no light. End of quote. America has sanctioned the murder of innocent children via abortion. The government sanctions such murder. Gay marriage is being touted as legitimate, a lifestyle that God declares as an abomination, which you can read in Leviticus 18, verse 22, and Leviticus 20, verse 13. No such practicing homosexual shall enter the kingdom of God. Read 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Now, if such repent, as some did in the church of Corinth, then they were washed by the blood of Jesus and justified in his precious name. But there must be repentance, not acceptance, not capitulation to a wicked lifestyle. The Lord is drawing a line in the sand, as it were, with his visible church on many issues in order to determine who his true church is. Not that God is unaware of who they are, but that the people might know who the faithful preachers are, who the faithful churches are in our time. God has historically judged nations by natural disasters and by invading armies. Does America think she can save herself? Does America think that God is on her side when she is repeatedly turning her back on him? How many natural disasters must God bring to wake us up? Do we think we're not vulnerable to terrorist attacks? Let 9-11 be a reminder to us of what happens when God withdraws his hand of protection. Does God have to allow millions to die in a terrorist attack to bring us to repentance? We as a nation are walking on thin ice for sure. America is rejecting God's law and is now seeking to engage in intervening in a civil war where there is no right side to be on. If this doesn't enrage the enemies of America more, I don't know what will. When the remnant returned to Jerusalem from the Babylonian captivity in the scriptures, God told them to rebuild the destroyed temple, which they were hesitant to do, because there were many enemies of Israel who declared they would stop such building. Nonetheless, God told the prophet Haggai to say, as recorded in Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, it says, quote, But now take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and all you people of the land. Take courage, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. End of quote. In the carrying out of the building of that temple, God told Zechariah the prophet to to say, as recorded in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5, For I declare as the Lord will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. End of quote. Even when a nation that trusts the Lord is militarily weak against a superior force, the Lord is her wall of protection. The story of Jerusalem's deliverance under godly King Hezekiah is indeed inspiring. Hezekiah prayed for deliverance 
so that God's name would be exalted in the earth. And the Lord heard his prayer, and the Lord himself fought against the Assyrian army by destroying in the night 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers. The lesson is clear. Trust the Lord by honoring his law, and he will be one shield. However, forsake the Lord and his law, and God will cease to be a shield. America, repent or perish. Either do homage to the Son of God or perish, according to Psalm 2, verse 12. Because we are forsaking God and his precious law, America is in a very precarious state. And seeing that we are forsaking godly wisdom by entangling ourselves in yet another foreign nation, we are only antagonizing our enemies. And God is not our shield this time. The final stage of God's wrath against the nation will be the open persecution of the government of the faithful church and her preachers. We see ominous signs of beginning with regards to the gay marriage agenda. The homosexual community has one goal in mind, destroy if it can the church of the Lord Jesus. She know, I mean, it knows the church is its greatest enemy. It is a vain attempt, but it will try. This wicked community will begin to target churches in an increasing manner. It wants any preaching against homosexuality to be guilty of a, quote, hate crime. We're already beginning to see early signs of this happening in isolated areas, but in a culture intent on forsaking the Lord, it will only increase. Those churches remaining faithful to the Lord and who continue to preach against this evil sin of homosexuality will be targeted by the government. It will probably manifest itself in first removing tax-exempt status from the churches who don't, quote, toe the line. Of course, the church is not tax-exempt, technically. It's not taxable, according to God, seeing it's a different sphere of influence, a different separate institution from the state. When the faithful churches continue to resist, the United States government will arrest the preachers and elders, leaders of the church, to make them, quote, toe the line. When this persecution of the faithful remnant occurs, then one will arouse God from his holy sanctuary to come to his bride's rescue. I remember that famous line when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor in 1941. The Japanese uh, subordinates came back to Admiral Yamamoto saying, Admiral, we have won a great victory. And Admiral Yamamoto said these famous words, No, all I think that we have done is awaken a sleeping giant and filled it with a terrible resolve. Now the Lord God, when aroused from his holy sanctuary against those who are enemies of his church, then watch out. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8 says, quote, For thus says the Lord of hosts, 
After glory he has sent me against the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. When this persecution of the apple of God's eye, that is the faithful remnant, then the Lord will be aroused from his holy sanctuary to come to his bride's rescue. The Lord will defend his bride. The Lord will defend his church. And he will destroy all those who persecute her. While once great empires lie in the ash heap of history, the church of the Lord Jesus marches on and will continue to the end of the world. Jesus is reigning from on high at the Father's right hand, as promised in Psalm 110 verses 1 through 4. Jesus is winning the world to himself, even though we might not see it. Jesus and his church will win the day. Eventually the nations will be disciples, according to the Great Commission. Eventually the nations will flow to Mount Zion to learn the ways of the Lord, as said in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. The glorious Son is slaying the wicked by the preached word of God, as we see in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4, and in Revelation 19, verse 15. King Jesus is stretching forth his mighty scepter, ruling in the midst of thine enemies, and his people are volunteering freely in the day of his power, as recorded in Psalm 110, verses 1 through 3. As a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as one who has been called to herald the glorious gospel of salvation, I am calling upon the Lord's faithful people everywhere, on planet earth, to pray, to pray in the coming days for the Lord to preserve his holy bride, while our nation, the United States, runs headlong into foolish actions that will only jeopardize this nation. While the church may suffer in God's further judgment upon America, she will be saved, and she will rise to greater influence. This message is a warning call to America, but it is a message of hope to this church. Glory, glory be to our great Savior and King Jesus, for he will win the day on planet Earth. Hallelujah.